Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of InfoBlips. My name is John Haynes and I am the host of this podcast. Today's date is June the 29th, 2020. If you'd like to contact me, please do so by email. The email address is infoblips at activist.com. Infoblips is available on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Cast, Spotify, and now tune in. We thank you very, very much for your support. If you are new to Infoblips, welcome to the podcast. Okay, so the first story we're going to discuss is from uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. The city of Wilmington, North Carolina has fired officers James Gilmore and Kevin Piner and Corporal Jesse Moore after a review of the footage of one of their control cars showed them making racist, disparaging remarks. Now, I can hear some of you saying already, oh, what? He just said something. It's what he said, and we're going to get into it. One of the disparaging remarks was one of the officers saying he was ready for a civil war against black people. Now, investigators said that upon reviewing the tape, two of them, two officers, Moore and Piner, were captured saying the N-word multiple times. Uh, Gilmore referred to anti-racism protesters as worshiping blacks. And Piner said that he expects a civil war and was planning to buy an assault rifle. Officer Piner said that he plans to buy an assault rifle and that society needs a civil war to put them back about four or five generations. Piner also said, quote, we are going to go out and just start slaughtering them. I can't wait. God, I can't wait. End quote. So upon terminating the officers, Chief Williams also said he was recommending the former officers not be eligible for rehired by the city. Now, this is very important. Please notice what he said, that he is recommending the officers not be eligible for rehire. A Washington Post investigation uh, reports that since 2006, the nation's largest police departments have fired 1,881 officers for misconduct that betrayed the public's trust. From cheating on overtime to unjustified shootings, but the Washington Post has found the department's has been forced to reinstate about 450 officers after their appeal and by the direction of their police union. Chief Williams went on to say that he was notifying the state authorities responsible for deciding if an officer can maintain their state certification. And this is important because I believe he's talking about his post certification. If it is, that he should not be able to obtain another job in law enforcement unless he has that certification. He can get a job as a security person or in one of these uh, security for hire people, but not a law enforcement position. The officer painter also said that the only thing important to the department was kneeling down with black people. So this is just one incident uh, of a conversation that was accidentally recorded. However, it supports what some have been saying for years that white supremacists had infiltrated the Justice Department. These officers are the enforcement arm of the system. They play a very important role by arresting as many people of color as possible, getting them into the system, the people without resources will become a part of the private 
prison system and the government will start paying money to house them. Chief Williams also announced that the department would be working with the district attorney's office to review any possible bias that may have shown in criminal cases. The Hanover County District Attorney Benjamin David told NPR that the prosecutor's office has initially identified 89 cases involving former officers to be reviewed. District Attorney also stated that they had already thrown out several cases. Now, some people are saying that this is the tip of the iceberg. I say this is not the tip of the iceberg. It's a snowflake falling on the mountain of corruption that is like a virus that has infected the United States government and economical systems. The cure for America is to expose the virus and dispose of it. The question for American citizens are, are you ready for that? I mean, hey, some of you guys are yelling about wearing a mask to protect yourself and others. I'm really not sure if you have the appetite for what this will involve. So what's your opinion? I'd like to know, what's your opinion? A couple of lines, you can uh, actually send it to me at infoblips at activist.com. You can also, if you're on Anchor FM, press the message button and leave a voicemail and I will play it on the next podcast. Okay, moving along to our next story. Russia secretly offered Afghan militants bounties to kill U.S. troops. This is what the United States intelligence has reported. Now, the Trump administration has been deliberating for months about how to respond. Now, this is an extremely important story. Okay, American intelligence officials have concluded that a Russian military intelligence unit secretly offered bounties to Taliban-linked militants for killing coalition forces in Afghanistan, including targeting American troops amid the peace talks to end the long-running war in Afghanistan. And this is according to officials that were briefed on the matter. So according to this report, the intelligence findings was briefed to President Trump and the White House National Security Council discussed the problem in an interagency meeting in late March. Now, according to this report, officials developed a menu of potential options, starting with diplomatic complaint to Moscow and demand that it stop, along with an escalating series of sanctions and other possible responses. But the White House has yet to authorize any steps. So meanwhile, Politico is reporting that on June the 3rd, 2020, Trump defended his push to re-invite Russia to the Group of Seven summit later on this year, arguing that President Vladimir Putin inclusion at the annual meeting of the most economically advanced countries in the world is a matter of common sense. Of course, uh, Donald Trump has denied being briefed on this subject, but if you remember, Donald Trump does not trust the intelligence community of the United States, and it was been reported that he does not attend intelligence briefings. So let's take a look at what Donald knew and when he knew it. So on April 2017, Army General John Nicholson, the top United States commander of Afghanistan, appeared to confirm reports that Russia was arming the Taliban. Defense Secretary Jam, Jim Mattis at the time adds that if weapons are being funneled along that path from foreign governments, that it would be a violation of international law unless it was going directly to Afghanistan. 
On February 2018, U.S. troops and their Syrian allies killed about 100 people, including Russian mercenaries who were working for an oligarch that has very, very close Putin ties. Now, that attack marked the deadliest clash between the United States and Russia since the Cold War ended. March 2018, Nicholson again cites destabilizing activity by the Russians in Afghanistan. The Taliban and the Russians say the claim is baseless. April 2019, three United States Marines were killed and three service members were injured in an attack on an American convoy returning to Bagram Air Force Base in Afghanistan. The Taliban claimed responsibility. United States intelligence officials focused on the event and others as potentially being linked to Russia bounties, according to the Associated Press. Again, this was April of 2019. October of 2019, Russia joins the United States, China, and Pakistan in signing a statement on peace in Afghanistan. Early in 2020, SEAL Team 6 raids a Taliban outpost and discovers $500,000 in cash an event that affirms the intelligent community's suspicion that Russia is paying bounties according to the Associated Press. February 29th, 2020, the United States strikes an initial peace deal with the Taliban, which includes a full withdrawal of the United States troops in 14 months. But the Taliban-linked groups would fail to comply with the deal and further planned peace talks have not been materialized. Okay, we move to late March. U.S. intelligence holds a large interagency meeting to discuss intelligence that Russia offered Taliban allied forces in Afghanistan bounties to kill coalition forces, including the United States troops. Now, the New York Times reported that President Trump was briefed on the matter at the time, which Trump and the White House has denied. The administration still hasn't decided how it's going to respond. On April 18th, Trump says, I have a good relationship with Putin. On May 8th, Trump says of Russia, we had no calls from Russia for years. All of a sudden, we have a great relationship. And by the way, getting along with Russia is a great thing. Getting along with Putin and Russia is a great thing, end quote. On May the 8th, Trump speaks with Putin and offers to send ventilators to help Russian, Russia fight the coronavirus outbreak there. The United States will send 200 ventilators as part of a $5.6 million humanitarian package. On May the 21st, Trump said, Russia and us have a, are developing a very good relationship. As you know, we worked on the oil problem together. I think we have a good relationship with Russia. That was Donald Trump, end quote. On May the 30th, Trump postpones a G7 summit and renews his call for Russia to be reinstated into the G7. On June the 5th, Trump said, we are sending ventilators to Russia. It's a good thing for our relationship. It's a good thing, end quote. And on June 25th, Donald Trump said on the Fox News channel that he was tough on Putin. He was tougher on Putin than any other president in history. That's what Donald Trump said, end quote. And look, we can go on and on and on. Donald Trump at this point, in my mind, he's either an asset or he's an operative. 
And a really good friend of mine, I'm not going to mention his name because he didn't give me permission to, but a really good friend of mine said he might be an asset and not know he's an asset. And I said, that's very possible. And I don't say that lightly and I don't come to that conclusion lightly. However, when you have a person that has been displaying the actions of Donald Trump after his intelligence is telling him that Russia is attacking the United States on several levels and he continues to deny it, there's only two things I can think. He's either an operative or he's an asset. So you have to remember, no matter what you think of Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin was the head of the KGB for several, several years. This man is intelligent. Donald Trump is a failed businessman and a talk show host that was elected based on backlash from Obama being a black man as president. And let's face it, the Democrats running the wrong person. Okay, this is a very, very important story and it deserves more attention. If Donald Trump knew and by all indications, if he didn't know, he should have known that the Taliban was being paid by Russia to target United States troops and he did nothing at all. Again, to me, that either proves that he's an operative or he is an asset. And I've said this before, the 25th Amendment should be closely looked at. Yes, we can wait until November. However, I sincerely implore Congress to investigate the 25th Amendment and do your jobs. Of course, I know the Senate's not gonna do it because they're scared of this guy. However, our country is at stake. And this next story is going to frighten you. The U.S. and the United States Canadian Defense Organization and NORAD reported Saturday that F-22 stealth fighters were scrambled to intercept four Russian reconnaissance jets off of the coast of Alaska. Now, they went on to report that the interception of the Russian Tu-14s marks the 10th time this year that Russian military aircraft have been intercepted off of the coast of Alaska. The North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD, said in one statement. I'm not sure if that concerns you, but it definitely concerns me. America's not being led into a position of power. Trump has been played by Putin, China, and every other leader he negotiates with. I mean, hell, Kim Jong-un of North Korea played him. And this is just ridiculous for the American president to be inept like this and being played by every world leader. So we already know that Trump is inept and not capable of handling the demands of this office. Hell, he's not equipped. He doesn't have the tools in his toolbox to play on this level. As I said, he's either an asset or an operative and he's so blinded by the love of money that he really does not care. And I sincerely hope, I pray that Trump's ignorance does not result in a mushroom cloud over an american city the corruption of this administration and of donald trump is blatant he's not hiding it at all at all not at all see another report this is another story on the same day that donald trump appointed judge backed attorney general william barr and instructed trial judge emmett sullivan to drop the case against former national security advisor michael flynn on charges in which he pleaded guilty assistant u.s attorney aaron zelinsky outlined the corruption of Barr's justice department in similarly meddling in the case of trump's buddy roger stone so the former stone prosecutor zelinsky 
essentially said that he was pressured to cut Stone a deal, give him a break because he was a friend of the president's. So Maryland Representative Jamie Raskin has committed to tracking down the lies and the felons and the frauds associated with William Barr on behalf of President Donald Trump. Now Barr can be impeached. However, the Senate is not going to entertain that and Democrats aren't going to do it because it's too close to an election. See, this is corruption in plain sight. Barr is the enforcement arm of the criminal enterprise led by Donald Trump and his handlers. Somehow, somewhere, I read, America was supposed to have a separation of powers. The corruption of the United States criminal justice system is not being hidden. Just pay attention to the laws and the actions of the people that are in charge. The United States corrupt judicial system plays a major role in the systemic racism that exists in this country. In future shows, we're going to attempt to paint a picture where you can observe and see this corruption through their own words, through their own actions. Nothing that I'm going to say or nothing that anyone else is going to say. It's their own actions and their own words. This is by far the worst administration the United States has ever had, at least in my lifetime. And I've been through Reagan and Bush, both of them. So, so I'm going to end with a real positive story that touched my heart and it continues to bring me hope that there are good people in the United States and we the good people are going to survive and we are going to prevail. So the story goes like this. A black man in Nashville um, who lived in a neighborhood his entire life. He had 75 people in the community to join him on a walk as he became consistently afraid to walk in his gentrified neighborhood. Okay, so what does gentrification mean? Because some people are like, what? Gentrification is the process of changing the character of a neighborhood through the influx of more affluent residents and businesses. This is a common and controversial topic in politics and urban planning. So Drum Gruel and his family have lived in that area for 54 years, but he stated that he continued watching the gentrification right before his eyes. While black families were moving out, white families were moving in. As each year passed, he stated he started to feel unwelcome in his own neighborhood. So what did Drum Gruel do? He posted on internet and I quote, I wanted to walk around my neighborhood, but fear of not returning home to my family alive kept me on the front porch. Today, I wanted to walk around the neighborhood and could not get off the front porch. Drum Gruel said he called his mom to walk with him and he kept his ID and his phone on him while he walked. The next day, Drum Gruel posted on Facebook, update on yesterday, I felt led to share my heart with my neighborhood. What happened next blew my mind. Almost 50 of my neighbors said that they would walk with me so I would not feel afraid. So Drum Gruel used Facebook for a very good purpose and my heart goes out to him, thank you. And the people in that neighborhood, you guys are awesome and you represent the people of America. There's a picture of him and all of his neighbors uh, on the article. America is filled with a lot of very good people. The people who are agitated or who are violent and who are un-American are very small. The white supremacist is a small group and they cannot beat us. All we have to do is keep the pressure up and come out and vote in numbers. And not just for president. 
You want to vote for your governors. You want to vote for your mayors. You want to vote for your city council. You want to vote for your district attorney. You want to vote for these people because they affect your lives on a daily basis. Well, that's it. That's all for me, guys. That's all I have for today. So as I mentioned, be on the lookout. Um, we're going to be having a video pod, actually, along with the podcast, the audio pod that we have. I have a good friend, Ed Lopez, that's going to be working on the technical portion of it. And I also have uh, actually my son-in-law, Sean Smith, who is the executive director in charge of content. I am sincerely thankful for these two gentlemen stepping up and saying that they would help. Look, we're building an information network and we want you to be a part of it. If you have ideas, if you would like to help research, or if you had stories that you would like reported, please send them to infoblips at activist.com. That's infoblips at activist.com. If you have comments on any of the stories we ran today or any other stories we had in other episodes, please just drop a line and we will talk with you or we will um, read your message on air. Well, again, that's it. That's all. Thank you very much for listening. And as I always say, go out and make it a great life.